0: We're talking about who you are in Christ, and today we're talking about your royal priesthood, a royal priesthood. God's called us into a royal priesthood. Understanding who you are is so important. If you understand who you are in Christ, it's, it's what empowers us to battle sin. We don't, come, we don't battle sin with a list of oughts and shoulds. It doesn't help us. There's no power in it. The, the, law, the law cannot make you righteous, and the, the law can't help you do the law. I mean, the law can tell you, thou shalt not, but it doesn't give you, any, give you any power to do it. In Christ, we have the power. In Christ, because Christ has come into our hearts, the Spirit of God has filled us, we have the power to do it. So it's important that we understand who we are in Christ so we can stand against the power of the difficulties of the attacks of the enemy. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, therefore, uh, putting aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and evil and all slander... Like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. So, the key to spiritual growth, the key to growing in Christ is always the word of you. As you read the word of God, you'll in the word of God. And how many of us have, have over and over, have you, as you read the word of God, you'll find that the word of God will speak to you about something that you didn't see before so you can read God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten and so that who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and you read it for the 10th time or the 20th time or the 100th time and there's something that comes out about it the Holy Spirit because it's the living word of God and Christ, the Spirit of Christ lives in you it comes alive and it speaks to you in, in the moment that you're in so like newborn babies we need to you know, and, you know newborn babies are uh, uh, they're unrelenting When they get hungry, they let you know they're hungry and they're voracious. They will, uh, they won't. You can't placate them. You can give them a, you can say they're hungry, and you can give them a pacifier, and uh, that ain't going to do. They're going, they'll spit, they'll spit that out because that's not what they want. They want the milk. And we have to be the same way. We have to unrelentingly pursue the word of God. We have to, we have to be hungry for it. We have to desire it. Uh, we have to not settle for substitutes that are you know, all around us. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord, and coming to him as a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but his choice is. And precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, so we're living stones, just as Christ is the cornerstones, are being built up into a spiritual house. So God's building us into a house, a people, a church, the body, for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So God's called you into a holy priesthood. You're we've talked about you're a saint, you know, everybody's a saint. Either you're a saint or you ain't. Everybody who's in Christ is a saint, and everybody who's in Christ has been called into this royal priesthood. Why? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion, a cornerstone, a precious cornerstone. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve. This stone which the builders rejected this became the very cornerstone and a stone was stumbling and a rock of offense for they stumbled because they were disobedient to the word and to this doom they were also appointed but verse 9 i want you to really get this but you're a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for god's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light we've already sung about that today for once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers. We live in this world as aliens and strangers. He's not calling them aliens and strangers. He said, hey, you need to recognize this world's not your home. We're all here as illegal aliens. Right? This world's not our home. We've got a home. I urge you as aliens and strangers, abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. That's a, that's a Bible code word for everybody who doesn't know God. Keep your behavior ex- excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. I want to talk about that you are a royal priesthood. First, he says you're a chosen race. You're a chosen race. What does it mean? We're a chosen race. Ephesians 3.14 says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. We actually have one Father and one family. God is our Father, and He has one spiritual family. So this new family includes believers from every kind of group you can think of, every kind of gathering of people. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 says this, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you, this is a song they're singing about Jesus, Worthy are you to take the book and break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you've made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign on the earth. People like to divide by tribe. Even, even in Africa today, the greatest problems they have is not is not with with among borders or among nations, it's tribal conflict among tribes. Uh, but we love tribes. We love our, you know we love to be Baptist or Pentecostal or Church of Christ. Or we love we love labels. Republican. Democrat. Well, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a Libertarian. We love labels. We love tribes. And if we don't divide by tribe, how about by tongue, by language? Because we all know everybody. What, what do you think the language of heaven will be? And if you speak English, you think it's English. If you speak Spanish, you think it's Spanish. And if you speak French, you think it's French. We we gather by we gather by tongue and by people. You know. Uh, we use the term, you know, these are these are my kind of people. So, so you know, we tend to we tend to gather homogeneously. We t- tend to gather in groups that of uh, people like us. You know, uh, young people like to gather with young people. Old people like to gather with, with old people. You, now we have retirement communities. We have we have houses where you can you can buy a house. And you're over 55 and kids can't come there. So there's no, no kids there. It's like they're going to escape the kids. Uh, but we, we do that. We gather by people, by age group, age group, by those like me. And then, of course, there's nations. Nations are divided by borders and defined by borders and how they're governed. This, the church is a new race of people that is separate in all of these things. It's not that you're not these other things too, but primarily, you are the people of God. All physical or cultural distinctions are subservient to this greater category. We are the children of God bought with the blood of Christ. Who are we? What our Identity. Our identity is that we are the people of God. And we've been purchased by the blood of Christ. We are one family. So it, it you know it should erase all racism. The church, the body of Christ should erase all racism. We should be about what the church is about. We should want to erase all racism. Amen. And we're a holy priesthood. He says this. He said, "You also, as living stones." I love this. You're living. Isn't that, that's, isn't that a weird analogy? Living stones. We don't think of stones as living. I mean, you know, stones pretty much stay where they stay put. He said, like he said, but you. He said, "You're living stones." Is that God is taking you and He's building you up into a spiritual house. God is building a house. He's building a place. He's building his house, the house of God. You are the house of God. You're the dwelling place of God. We together are the church of God. The church of God, not just us individually, but the church of God around the world. God's building us all together. There's, there's not a bunch of different houses of God. You know, yeah, individually, we've got gatherings here, you know, here in Sunnyvale and people in. You know, but there's just one house. God's building us into one house of God. So you are a, a, you're being built into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9, but you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. God wants a kingdom of priests. Just like he wants you all to be saints, he wants us all to be priests. He wants us all. What does a priest do? A priest represents God to the people and people to God. God wants us to be a kingdom of priests. He wants us to be concerned about the people around us, and he wants us to be about the business of representing to our world, representing to the people around us what God is like. And he wants us in the same way to be priests, to intercede for and care for and sacrificially present what it means to be a follower of Christ and present people to God. He wants us to be a kingdom of priests. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. God's speaking to Moses. He says, Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the people. So God is talking to Israel through Moses. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Wow. Sounds like the same terminology, doesn't it? So Peter is going back to exodus and he's seen this picture of god's called us to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation you you would be surprised if you would if you read the new testament with a view of i'm going to read the new testament and i want to find everything in the new testament that is a reference to the old testament you'll find that you know a lot of times we think well the old testament's old and it's past but the old testament is confirmed in the new testament and the, the New Testament is filled with the promises and the prophecies and the truths of the Old Testament. You know, it's it's not like God ch- had a plan and he changed it. You think God, that Adam and Eve, you know, God had this plan for Adam and Eve, and then they sinned, and then God said, Oh no, what am I going to do now? I'm surprised. God knew God hasn't had, God's plan was redemption from the beginning. God's plan was for a kingdom of priests from the beginning. These are the words you shall speak to the sons of Israel. You're going to be a kingdom of priests. Chapter, but they wouldn't do it. In Exodus chapter 20, just one chapter later, all the people perceived they're at the mountain where they're receiving the law. And all the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. And they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us or we will die. They said, yeah, this kingdom of priest things is all well and good, but we don't want to do it. It's scary. Deuteronomy five twenty seven: go near and hear all that the Lord our God says, then speak to us all that the Lord our God speaks to you, and we will hear and do it. So they say to Moses, listen, Moses, you do it. You handle it. You go near to God. You go up the mountain. You talk to God. You have the contact with God. We're afraid he'll kill us. So you do it. So God... To accommodate where they were, he gave the Levites and created a priestly clan, and God appointed them to do it. So the, the Levites, the priests, they took care of the sacrifices. They took care of the tent of meeting, where God had them build a tabernacle in the wilderness. They built a tabernacle. They could offer sacrifices to God. And we know those sacrifices were just a preliminary of the great sacrifice that was coming in Christ, the final perfect sac- sacrifice. But one of the main jobs that they were supposed to do, they were supposed to remind the people who they were. This is one of the roles of the priest. This is, this is fascinating to me in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1. When you go out to battle against your enemies, and you see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, don't be afraid of them. Now, I mean... Okay, that's uh, what's your natural response. You go out into battle, you go out in battle, and you're outnumbered, you're outgunned. They've got horses and chariots, they're, they're more numerous than you, and he says to them, so don't be afraid of them, for the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt is with you. When you are approaching the battle, the priest shall come near and Israel, to the people, and he shall, he shall say to them, hear, O Israel, you are approaching the battle against your enemies today. Do not be faint hearted. Do not be afraid or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. So, before every battle, the role of the priests not only to offer sacrifices in the temple, but they went out before the people and said, Listen, hey, remember this God's on your side. Remember the God who brought you out of Egypt? Remember God who brought you here, who gave you manna in the wilderness, who fed you from the rock, gave you water from the rock. Remember that? Remember that? Remember that God? He's going to go before you and he's going to fight. It seems unusual to me that God would say, listen, I want you to give a pep talk to the people before they go into battle. He doesn't say pick the best general to do it. He doesn't say pick the best leader to do it. He says, no, have the priests do it. Because the people need to be reminded what God has promised them and what he will do for them. You see, every battle we face is at its heart a spiritual battle that is attacking our faith, it is attacking our trust in God, and it's attacking our dependence on God. So when we gather together, When we gather together as the church, this body, this building, this holy temple, this this body that's been built, we gather together to be a kingdom of priests to one another. We come together in a priestly role. We're a a nation of priests. We're a church of priests. We're a a body of priests. And so we come together to fulfill a priestly role to each other. So what do we come together to do? Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We come together to encourage each other. We come together to serve one priest in a priestly role to recognize that we're here to serve one another. Hebrews ten twenty three. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. When you feel like it's near the end of the age, it's even more important. I don't know, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I know we're closer than we've ever been. You realize that? We're closer than we've ever been. Jesus may not come back for a thousand years, but we're still closer than we've ever been. I don't think it'll be a thousand years. <laughs> it may be today. So, so what do we do? We, we gather together to encourage each other. So as we gather together on the eve of the battle, you realize you're on the eve of the battle? What battle? Next week. Next week's going to be a battle. Is every week a battle? Yes. Every week is a battle. So when we come together, as we gather together on the eve of the battle, we come together to encourage each other. One of the ways we encourage each other is by our presence. Isn't it good to see people? It's good to see people. I knew Wendy had been up in South Dakota, you know, up... uh, Stirring up trouble in the Black Hills. And uh, it, was good, it was good to see her. Larry, who's been in the hospital. It was good to see Larry today. You know, it was encouraging. We encourage each other uh, by our presence. And we get to remind each other. What do we, we do the priestly role. We do the priestly role for one another. We encourage each other. We declare the promises of God. We do what the priests. what did the priest do? He said, hey, you're getting ready to go into Jews. Remember this. God's faithful. God is good. God loves you. Jesus bought you with his blood. Satan is defeated. Death is defeated. God is for us, not against us. And we, we declare these truths to each other. We're reminded of the promises of God so we fulfill the priestly role of encouraging each other and building each other up. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. We worship God. When we come together, we worship God. We don't worship each other. But when we sing, we sing to encourage each other. Doesn't doesn't it bless your socks? It blesses my socks off when Alex sings. Right? when When we sing about that God's on our side, that God is faithful, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus. It has brought me life. Thank you, Lord. You know, when we we sing that, we encourage each other. So we don't come in here, you know, and just watch. Let's watch them sing. We're spectators. We're not spectators. We're participants. We're priests. We're, We're here to do a priestly role of worshiping God together and encouraging one another. We're here to minister and serve each other. And it's, it's just, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's powerful. He said, so we're, we're a priest. We're a holy nation. You are a holy nation. But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a, a people for God's own possession. So we're, God calls us His own. So you may proclaim the excellencies who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. We actually sang about that. How God's called us out of darkness into light. Holy means set up. We so God's 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 done a work in our life. We have been made perfect, but we're not yet perfect. Wait a minute. Does that make sense? Of course it doesn't make sense. We've been made perfect. We've already. There's some already things that have happened to you. You're already in Christ. If you're already in Christ, you are already the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. But you're not yet. You're not yet exactly like jesus are you but you already and when god sees you you're the righteousness of god in christ because the blood's been applied the sacrifice has been made the sins have been washed away you've been made holy and righteous before god you've been set apart for god you are already set apart for god but god is also perfecting us and conforming us to the image of his son and we're not there yet but we are there we're already there but we're not there you know what? that's good news? That's good news because if you die right now and you go to heaven, he doesn't say, oh, you're not ready. You're not good enough. You still got some stuff. You see, our, our only vindication is Christ. So we're already there. We're, we're a holy nation. We're set apart. Holy men set apart. We've been set apart by God for God. And we're special not because of who we are, but because of whose we are. We're special not because of us. We're special, but because that we belong to God. We are God's people. We are His holy nation. We are a people for God's own possession. I don't, is it exciting to you that God wants you in His family, and His team, He wants you to be with Him? First Corinthians 6.19 says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, that you are not your own. If you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. He says, you're not your own. God with your body. You're not here to serve yourself. You're here to serve God. You've been bought with a price. So why? Glorify God with your body. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God made you a proclaimer. God made you to be a proclaimer. What? A proclaimer of the excellencies of God. What has God done? He called you out of darkness into light. You have an irrefutable testimony. You know, when you start talking to people about God, they'll say, well, you know, what about, you think the earth's really 5,000 years old? You think creation is really seven days? You think, blah, they've got all. You say, I don't know. But this I do know. I was in darkness and lost, and he brought me into his glorious light. You see, God, there's, how can, you can't refute a testimony. God changed me. God saved me. I went from not knowing him to now I know that I know him. I know that I know, that I know him. I love the story. John chapter 9, there's a story about a man born blind. It's a great story. You need to read it. Man is born blind. He's been blind from birth, which means born blind. And uh, so the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned, this man's parents or this man that he would Have this blindness. You see, we always want to try to tag. We're always trying to figure out whose fault is this, right? Who sinned? Did this man's parents sin? That's why he was born blind. Did he sin? That's why he's blind. Jesus said neither. So the man's sitting at the gate. He's sitting. He's blind. That who's? They're standing around him talking. And said, who sinned? Jesus said, neither. This, this man is blind, so that, so that the glory of God would be displayed in his life. And it says, having said that, he spat on the ground. So Jesus spat on the ground, and he made mud. And then he took that mud, and he put it on the blind man's eyes. Now, yeah, probably, you know, (laughs) probably nobody more surprised than the blind man, right? Jesus didn't say, hey, he didn't even, he said, having said this, he spat on the ground and he made mud and he put it on the man's eyes. I don't know. I'm not convinced that he didn't make little balls, that, that maybe he didn't have eyes. But anyway, because you know we are made out of dirt, and so he he put mud on his eyes and he told him he said go wash in the pool of Siloam, and so he went and washed. And when he washed, he could see. He's pretty excited. Everybody's talking about the man born blind is seen. So they call his parents in, you know, and say what happened, what happened. What happened? They said, uh, you know, he's an adult. Why don't you ask him? And so they call the man that was formerly blind. Now he's seen. They call him in and they say, they say to him, uh, What happened? He said, Well, this man, Jesus, crazy thing. He spat on the ground, made some mud, put it on my eyes, I went and washed it at the pool of Siloam, and now I can see. And they said, Now, wait a minute. You know that this man is a sinner. I don't know. (laughs) And He says, "Uh, I don't know that. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But this I do know. I once was blind, but now I see. Now, that pretty much was the end of the argument. You see, God took him and made a proclaimer out of him. He took a man born blind and made him into a priest to bring other people into the kingdom. God loves to do that, and he does that with us. We're a holy nation. We're a royal priesthood, so we can declare the excellencies of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You remember the story of the Gadarene demoniac? kind of the same kind of story it's a crazy story so so jesus says let's go to the other side of the lake and so they get in the boat and they're about halfway across and the storm comes up and jesus is asleep in the boat and they, the disciples say don't you care that we're perishing And so jesus says to the storm peace be still and when he says that all of a sudden they're already at the other side of the lake they they've arrived at their destination when they get off they're met by a man who is crazy they call him the gadarene demoniac and jesus he was he, he was known in these parts because they couldn't chain him. He he ran through the countryside naked, which would kind of make you infamous if not famous. You know he's, he's like the original Kardashians. Uh, uh, <laughs> he ran through the countryside naked, and they couldn't chain him, and uh, so so Jesus says to him to the demons he's got he's got hundreds of demons in him he's possessed jesus cast the demons out into the pigs and the pigs run into the lake and commit suicide and so the next we hear that the man is clothed and in his right mind sitting at the feet of jesus and he says to jesus jesus i'll go i'll follow you anywhere you can imagine. This man's been tormented his whole life. He's, been, he's had a miserable life of mental anguish and torment. And now he's free. His mind is free. His mind is clear. His mind is restored. He's clothed in his right mind. He says, Jesus, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. And Jesus says, no, your job is to go back home you know, where everybody thinks you're crazy, where you've alienated everybody, you stole from them, you hurt them, you destroyed every relationship that you had, your job is to go back home and declare and let them know what I've done for you. God made him a proclaimer. God has called you and made you To be a proclaimer. You've got a word. You've got a testimony. And if you don't have a testimony, get you one by turning your life over to Jesus Christ because he will call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen? All right, let's stand together and let's pray that God will use us to be proclaimers. Oh, the world is hurting, the world is broken. There's a lot of people. That are so troubled and so mixed up in their minds, and they need the peace and the hope and the help of Jesus. They need to be freed from the kingdom of darkness and brought in the kingdom of His beloved Son, the kingdom of light. And Lord, you've called us to be a kingdom of priest, to represent you to the people. And we can declare, I was in darkness, but you brought me into the light. I was blind. But now I see. Lord, help us to to gladly share what you've done for us to a hurting world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you next Sunday. What time? 11 o'clock. I love you.